Welcome to the Valley View Podcast. My name is Caleb Chamberlain, and I'm the pastor here at Valley View Church. We are so grateful that you are joining our church family as we pursue the Lord's heart and His plan for all of us. It is our desire to grow, and we are excited that you get to join us in this adventure. So grab your Bible and prepare your heart to seek God's face and all that He has in store. So we're talking about Jesus' life with the Holy Spirit. We, 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 we ran through a lot of things, but we were picking up where we left off. Because a few weeks ago, we discussed that through the fullness of the Holy Spirit and the revelation of the Father's love, Jesus, who joins humanity's plight, is baptized and overcomes every temptation. Satan threw at him, right? He made way for open heaven over Israel to begin his ministry. And this is important because I want this. This is my prayer for all of us, right? To get that revelation of the Father's love. Because he walks in the revelation of the Father's love. Jesus is walking from that place. This is my son. I'm well pleased with him. I want that revelation. And also, I want the fullness. Jesus receives the fullness of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit given without measure. And it's with that he goes out. He's By the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, he's led onto the desert for 40 days, tempted for 40 days, Again, that was just to think about the overwhelmingness of that. And then during that time, he stood firm in the word because he trusted the word. He leaned on the revelation of who he was and he had the Holy Spirit in him. So he did not come overcome temptation in his own human strength. He actually rather, Jesus, who was fully man, relied on the power of God and the word of God to overcome temptation. And lastly, this is where we picked up. We, right, we picked up where um, we talked about Luke 4, 16 through 21. Jesus is talking, I mean, he's talking about, um, he just is right after he's been tempted for 40 days, after he overcame Satan and temptation. He goes, um, he's wandering through the, the towns, to he- he's heading to Nazareth, um, and he goes and he is, he was brought up on, the, he goes up on the Sabbath day and he goes into the synagogue, as was his custom, it says. He stood up to read, and what he read was a foundational, he the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, and unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. It's on me. He's not reading this. He's declaring this. It's on, he is on me, and he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year, the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And everyone's eyes were locked on him. They're locked. They're fast. Somebody's like, because he taught, not as somebody was like, who's reading this? Like, I'm not reading this. He is speaking as if it's from him, because it is from him. He is the word. He is declaring this. He's saying, and they're all like, what do you mean by this? And he's, he doesn't let it settle for very long. He's like, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. It's been done. <laughs> He drops that. That's a mic drop moment. And they did not like it. Let me tell you, they did not like it. They kicked him out. They chased him off. They tried killing him. They were very unhappy with what he was saying. But man, this is what they've been longing for, and yet they could not see it. Man, Lord, help us to see. Have eyes to see. So we talked about the first point, the man Jesus, the anointed one, begins his ministry. If you want to fill that in, I'm going to be blazing through this real quick. But he is anointed, right, to, to proclaim the good news to the poor, liberty to the captives, sight for the blind, and liberate those who are being oppressed by Satan. And again, it's, I want to emphasize this because it's going to go into the third point. It's all about the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We cannot do this without the Holy Spirit. Jesus could do nothing without the Holy Spirit. 
he walked in the power of the Holy Spirit. He was the source of Jesus' teaching, healing, deliverance, and resurrections. Because Jesus, right, he's fully God, yet he's fully man. He is in his humanity. He's relying on the power of the Holy Spirit. He emptied himself, right? Made himself nothing, as it said in Philippians 2. He emptied himself and made himself nothing. Right? He, he, in the very nature of a servant, be made in human likeness. I'm going to breeze through here, so hang on. John 14, 12. Verily, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing. This is, he's desiring. He's saying, first of all, I want to let you know, I'm human. I'm human. I'm tired. I go to bed. I stink. I get hungry. I need alone time. Like I need time with the Father. Like He is showing all the flesh to humanity, but He's not walking in His flesh. He's saying, I'm reliant because I know that my flesh is weak. I need to rely on the Holy Spirit. So I'm showing you the way of walking in the Spirit. So everything He does is through and from God, or from Holy Spirit. And it talks about John 5, 19, I don't do anything except what the Father does. He's talking about that. He's saying, I can't get this revelation of what the Father is doing except through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going and He's showing me things and He's revealing things and He's showing me where I should go. He's telling me when I need to be alone. He's telling me when I should be ministry. He is pouring out of me. He is doing amazing things. And it's all through the Holy Spirit. He prayed through the Holy Spirit, waited on the Holy Spirit, and was led by the Holy Spirit. Wherever the Holy Spirit would lead, Jesus would follow him. I think I talked about last time, but it cracks me up every time the disciples are like, they kind of look back and like, where'd Jesus go? We're in the full, we're in the throes of ministry right here. We got like thousands. This is going great. And there goes Jesus. Okay, we're done. I guess we're done here. Like, I don't know where he went. You know, like, they're like, where'd he go? I, I don't, I could just imagine the frustration and just like confusion in the, their eyes. Like, we're in the midst of the best stuff and there he goes. Because he's being led by the Spirit, not by the demands of ministry. So anything that he, the Father's doing, He's doing. And then again, um, the, the Spirit, again, that was 1 Corinthians. You'll see all these passages in there. But again, Jesus is showing the way of obedience in life with the Holy Spirit. He's in this, it references this in 14, 12. He's like, greater things. You're going to do greater things than me. Greater things. I can imagine the disciples like, what? How is this possible? What? We're going to do greater things? Are you kidding me? I'm excited. I imagine the excitement and the zeal for them. They're like, again, this is why they're starting. Like, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom? And then they get excited. Their pride starts taking place. But man, he's like, no, no, no. It's humility in the spirit. He's like, you guys are going to do greater things. Because I'm going to go to the Father and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. This is going to be better for you. Greater things. He's saying this because he knows. He's acknowledging the very source of my, his power is through the Holy Spirit. And in Acts 10, 38, it echoes this. The disciples testified to this, how God anointed Jesus of, the, of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. <sighs> this is great. This is where we're about to jump into. This is where we kind of left off. Jesus delivers, heals, raises the dead, proclaims the good news through the Holy Spirit. He does this. He is walking out Isaiah 61. Bless you. He's walking out Isaiah 61 because he's delivering, he's healing, he's raising the dead, and he's teaching with authority. He's not teaching as one who is... All the teachers, they've been used to hundreds of years of these old teachers reading the same stuff. When he comes in, he is the Word of God, speaking it out. 
He is walking in his identity. Jesus displays unparalleled power over demons. He's, he is freeing people from demons without props, without rituals. He's saying things and they're obeying. In fact, they even come close to him, they tremble and they fall to their knees. Demons honor. They, they know, they see the power of the Holy Spirit on him. It's Again, this, we, we overlook the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is moving. In fact, Jesus calls the Holy Spirit, he references it as the finger of God. I love this. It talks about in this passage, um, let's see here if I've got it here. I think I left it here. I, I left some verses here because there's a lot of verses. Let me tell you what. You're probably looking at it again. Caleb, did you go crazy? No, I did not. I got excited. Uh, <laughs> now, it's really important that we understand that Jesus is moving in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, who knew their thoughts. I'm going to read this in context. I don't have it on, on uh, the slide, but I'm going to read it in context because it says, but it is, if it is. It's kind of weird when you start with, but if it is, you're like, well, what was before it? Okay, so I'm going to tell you what's before this. Because he knew their thoughts. He's doing these things and he's, he, he knows their thoughts. He said to them, every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. Every city or household divided against itself will not stand. If Satan drives out Satan, he is divided against himself. And how then can this kingdom stand? And if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, uh, by whom do your people drive them out? So then they will be your judges. But if it is, by the Spirit of God that I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. This is exciting. And then he talks about it in Luke. It's the same circumstance, but he talks about it a little differently. But if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. The finger of God. It's just moving. The Holy Spirit is like, again, like I just envisioned this tornado, like this powerhouse coming down, touching earth. The kingdom of heaven is upon us. So I'm about to breeze through here. There's a lot of passages. I'm not going to, you, you'll see the references. I'll read the references, but I will not read all of it because there's a lot. But in Mark 5, it talks about the demoniac. Well, that's where we talked about last week, that, that man, that, the guy that they couldn't even chain with irons. They couldn't even hold him down. Not just ropes, metal, chains. They could not hold him down. This crazy man who's been torturing them for days and nights, screaming out. He's, I mean, he's torturing himself. But can you imagine how terrified you'd be? You're terrified of this guy. I mean, again, we, we see some crazy people. When we were walking down to the beach um, in Florida. We were about to go, for, we were going to go at midnight to go see a rocket launch, which was exciting. But we saw this little crazy guy kind of, I don't know. I'm like, I'm just going to try. I'm like, just, he was just walking around in circles. I'm like, what is happening to this guy? Like, he looks like he's cracked out or on demons. Like, I don't know what was going on. So I was a little nervous about him. I'm like, okay. I mean, imagine, I'm a little nervous about this guy. And he isn't running at me. He isn't breaking any chains. He isn't screaming, cutting himself. He isn't running through graves. This guy was. This guy was insane. He was crazy. He was possessed by the de demons. And not just some. Thousands. Legion. For there are many it said that, actually, I think they, uh, 2,000 in number, pigs were running down, and they actually got, went and killed themselves, and he sent them out. So Jesus is coming in. This guy, whom everyone's afraid of, falls at his feet and screams out. He says, what do you want with me, Jesus? Son of the Most High, in God's name, don't torture me. He is frightened for his life. Again, not the man. The demons are frightened 
for their very existence. They're frightened. That's awesome. Because Jesus had said to them, come out of this man, you impure spirit. Again, he sent them out. They said, what, he says, what is your name? They, they say, my name is Legion for many. And he says, please don't, please don't, please don't destroy us. Don't torture us. Send us into the pigs. Please just allow us to go into them. And so he does. Those 2,000 pigs ran off this cliff and killed themselves. Um, and uh, that got some people's attention. They came out and saw when they come out and they see this crazy man that they've seen before, he's dressed He's sitting, he's calm. There's finally peace. And they see Jesus and they're scared. They send him away. They're so scared of Jesus because like, you did this to him. You overcame this. I'm scared of you, the power that's in you. They didn't understand it, but man, they were, they were very afraid. Again, Jesus healed this demon-possessed man who was blind, mute. And this is Matthew 12, 22. He healed him so he could both talk and see. And in healing, we talked about this last week. I'm going to rush through this, but it talks in Matthew 12, 15. A large crowd was following Jesus, and he healed all who were ill. Every one of them. He didn't pick, you know, he didn't pick and not a few people, all of them. Mark 3, 17, uh, 7 through 12. This is fun. I love this. I've read this a little bit, but like, there was such a crowd from all these different towns that Jesus actually said, hey, disciples, I need, I'm so crowded. I need, I'm, a, I'm by this lake. I need a boat because I'm so crowded. I can't get away. I can't even move. Again, imagine that desperation. You're healing, hearing healing. We were talking about it, I think, afterwards. I forget who I was talking with. I think it was with you, Vicky, because you can imagine the person, imagine being the person who's hundred back in the crowd and you hear someone's healed. And you keep moving forward. Someone else is healed. Moving forward. You've been suffering all these days. Your faith is being built. And you start pressing a little bit harder through this crowd. Because I, I want to get to this. I'm excited about this. This is the desperation in their hearts. And he's healing every one of them. Jesus is in a boat because there's no other way. He's going to get pushed back. He's going to get crushed. Because they're so desperate. We've seen this happen. We've seen moshes and pits and crazy people get run over just because of, you know, a concert. Like, this is insanity. This is a new level of desperation. And whenever impure spirits, I love this, whenever impure, uh, this is a verse 11, the impure spirits, they saw him, they fell down before him and cried, you are the son of God. <sighs> They're testifying. Even the rocks will cry out. Even the demons will cry out. You are the son of God. They gave him strict... Again, this is funny. Jesus is giving him strict instructions. Don't tell anybody, by the way. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. Fat chance of that. It's not happening. Uh, Matthew 14, 35 through 36. He heals all the people who were brought to him, all who were sick. He, he healed them. And they begged him to just touch his cloak. That's all they wanted to do was touch the cloak. So all who touched his cloak were healed. Man, just imagine like that woman, the bleeding woman, touched his cloak. Just one touch. I'll be healed. This desperation. But again, this power that's exuding out into the Holy Spirit. Matthew 15, 29 through 31. He's going up. He's going to a mountainside and he sits down. And guess what? Great crowds came to him. <laughs> he can't get anywhere. This is probably why he's telling him, don't tell anyone. So at least I could slow it down a little bit because this is changing everything. He can't go anywhere. They're finding him. They're stalking him. They're coming after him because they're bringing their lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others. And they laid them at his feet and he healed them. 
The people were amazed because the mute were speaking, the crippled were being made well, the lame were walking, the blind were seeing, and they praised the God of Israel. This is amazing. And he raised the dead. I think we look at Lazarus as the only time he's raised people from the dead. He did not, and that was not his first time. It was not his first time. In fact, he raised the son of this widow in Nain. He sees this dead person being carried out, and he sees this, there was the son of this mother, and he sees her, and she, he sees that she's a widow. Because again, he understands. He's, he's getting discernment. Have you had prophetic thought, understanding? Holy Spirit speaking to him. He's like, this is a widow. Oh, it's beautiful. A large crowd was from the town was with her. They're all coming out, and he says, the Lord saw her, and his heart went out to her, and he said, don't cry. Don't cry. Then he went up and he touched the bear. They were carrying him on, and the bears stopped. They stood still, and he said, young man, I say to you, get up. Get up. He says it very simply, with such authority, through the Holy Spirit. And what does that young man do? He sits up, and he begins to talk. <laughs> he doesn't sit up, and he's like... No, he begins to talk. Like, I don't know what that... What was that like? He begins to talk. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. This is beautiful. Jairus' daughter, right? They ran to him. That My daughter just died, but come put her hand on her, and she will live. He goes. And again, he, tell, he sends away the morning. He says, like, stop it. Go away. The girl is not dead, but asleep. And they laughed at him. After the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand, and she got up. Again, Lazarus from the dead. Jesus says this because he, he's so funny because he's led by the Spirit. Because your flesh says, run, hurry, urgency. Holy Spirit says, be still. Trust me. It's my timing. Let him die. That's crazy. In fact, don't even say a word because at a word, if Jesus speaks it, the wind and the waves, they change, right? He didn't like pet them down and do anything. He didn't touch the water. He says, be still. Done. In fact, he says something, because the centurion, he's like, I understand authority. I just understand if you say it, it's going to happen. So he, the centurion says, Jesus, don't even come to my house. I understand your authority and the Holy Spirit that you're walking in. I'm going to go home, and that person's going to be raised and then fine. So at a word, Jesus, at that place, told that Lazarus was sick, was dying. He doesn't even move. In fact, he lets him die. Because Jesus is relying on the Holy Spirit to give him discernment to know what to do. So when Jesus comes, he, cries, he weeps because Mary comes in with his heart. And he's like, and again, he is not untouched, unfazed. He's not callous. He's, he is man. He feels, he's emotional. He feels and he weeps. And then Jesus comes and he says, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? And so they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I knew that you always hear me. This is something we need to pray. Thank you, Father, that you hear me. And that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his faith. Face, Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Oh, 
This is so fun. This is Jesus empowered by the Holy Spirit. This is the desire that we walk in this. Fred actually referenced this passage the other day, and I just loved it. We were talking about it. Um, the John the Baptist disciples were asking Jesus if he's the one. And I just love it because he just responds in the way only Jesus would. He responds to them beautifully. He says at Luke uh, 7, 18-23, which I don't know if I've got it here. I do have it here. Okay, cool. John's disciples told him about all these things. Calling two of them, he sent them to the Lord say, to ask, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? And when the men came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to, to ask, are you the one or, who is to come or should we expect someone else? At that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits. And he gave sight to many who were blind. And so he replied to the messengers, go back and report to John what you've seen and what you've heard. The blind receive sight. The lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. And the good news is proclaimed to the poor. He's like, Six, Isaiah 61. I'm doing it. It's happening. He's reminding. Again, John the Baptist isn't questioning Jesus as who he is. He's just like, I want you, first of all, to go to the right one. I want this is a little different than Facebook and, and all the things that we have, all the connections we have. This is, many are professing the name of Jesus during this time. So he had to make sure he was the right person. And he only answers in the way that Jesus could. He says, he, he basically quotes Isaiah 61. He's like, this is happening. Blessed is anyone, actually, this is the last verse, blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. And again, I'm going to skip this next one, but I'm going to, I want, love this because he, this is in the same vein, because it's the same story. He's saying it twice. You know, you know, Matthew, they're all hearing it from different perspectives, and they read it and they hear it. So he, um, Matthew, he writes it. He writes the whole part. And a little few verses later, he says, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been subjected to violence, and violent people have been raiding it. This is such a crazy verse. <laughs> But in the context of what Jesus has been doing, this desire, again, again, like you see the violence of concerts, the desire for this one little person that sings music. <laughs> we see it. You've seen it. It's crazy. It's like, man, all this love, all this, again, like what was it that Taylor Swift actually caused like the, the Richter scale to shift? <laughs> like there's a, all this movement. It was actually, actually like the greatest Richter scale movement from a concert, I guess. I don't know. I don't follow Taylor Swift, but I follow random things that say things like that. So like, I was like, wow, that's for one person. Who hasn't healed one person ever? Hasn't done anything in ministry ever? This whole Richter scale, everything, this desire, this hunger for one person in music. But this is what Jesus is saying. I've been healing and setting people free. They're violent for this. They're desiring the kingdom of heaven. They're coming after it. They're raiding the kingdom of heaven. They don't, they know they, like even that one Samaritan woman, she's like, I don't even belong here. He's like, you don't belong here. She's like, no, but even the dogs get the scraps. He's like, I'm hungry. I am violent for this. I long for the kingdom of heaven. There's a lot of things going on during this time of Jesus. And lastly, Jesus taught with authority. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed. 
Oh, yeah, well, there's the third point. Uh, <laughs> you could go ahead and write that down. But when Matthew 7, 28 through 29, Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Mark 1, 22, it says it again. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as their teachers of the law. Luke 4, 32, they were amazed because his words had authority. And wait, he is walking anointed by the power of the Holy Spirit to deliver the good news with authority. Now, Jesus empowers, the third point, Jesus empowers the disciples to do the same. Jesus takes 72 disciples and empowers them to do what he's been doing through the power of the Holy Spirit. Luke 10, 1 through 9, I actually have these here. Okay, so you can actually read. It's like, man, I've been bring, reading for a minute. I'm wrapping up. I, I lost track of my timer, so don't mind me. My timer wasn't working, so wherever I am, I am. I'm going to finish this up today. So, um, But this is so powerful. After this, Jesus anointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of them so, to every town and place where he was about to go. Oh, he told them, the harvest is plentiful. We've heard this verse, but we need to pray this and ask the Lord of the harvest. But the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse, a bag, or sandals. Do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house first, say peace to this house. And if someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there. Eating, drinking, whatever they give you. For the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around the, from house to house. Don't go running, running around. He's like, no, stay. Stay. When you enter a town and are welcome to eat what is offered to you, heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. This is exciting. What happens? So they went out, right? They went out. They saw, and they saw the Holy Spirit work through them. They work around them. He's like, by the power of his name, they're saying these things. They're seeing healing. They're seeing deliverance. And they're proclaiming the good news. And what happens after this? It says the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. This has never happened before. They've had Pharisees, teachers of the law. They're like, they come in with all their stuff, their incense and all these things. They had never experienced it except through Jesus' deliverance at a word. And they're delivering people in his name. They're walking in his authority. And what is, happens after this? What does Jesus do? I love this because I read this in context with further passages. He replied to him, he says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I saw you rock Satan, defeating him, bringing him low. He's like, I see it. I saw Satan fall. You have amazing authority in my name. You are overcoming the power of the enemy. You're at heart. This is so cool because here's the reality. I've given you authority, right? To trample on snakes, scorpions, to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing's going to harm you. Nothing will harm you. However, however, this is, it's like that big old, like, but, however, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. 
Jesus is saying, important, this is most importantly, he's like, don't celebrate just this. Because, right, we get, we get caught up in this. Ministries. We get caught up in deliverance. We get caught up in the, the movement of the Spirit and healings that we forget Jesus. Our place in heaven with Him. Because demons are going to go. Sickness is going to go. It talks about in Revelation, he's like, many works, you guys are doing mighty works in my name, but you don't love me anymore. That's important. He's like, don't get caught up in this. This is going to happen. Awesome. But don't get lost in this. Don't get caught up in this. Don't just celebrate this. In fact, pain's going to go. Striving is going to cease. But what you have in me, your name, and my book of life, that means everything. Relationship with me, I'm going to have you for eternity with me. So he's like, that's, that's what we should be focusing on. Don't rejoice that the spirits submit to you. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Again, okay, so this is the context. Because sometimes I think we look at this verse like, what does that mean when you say, like, I saw Satan fall and, I, and don't celebrate except this. Because then this is what Jesus goes from this, saying this, to this next part. This is context. I love context. At this time, right after he says, don't celebrate this, but Jesus, not partial in joy, full of joy. Have you seen people full of joy? They're not like, they're not like this. There's a smile, there's a stupid smile on their faces. They're full of joy. Oh man, there's such great emotion. Not human emotion caught up in a human moment, a Holy Spirit moment. The Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, he was full of joy. He's excited through the Holy Spirit. He's like, oh, I praise you, Father of heaven. Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and learned, and you revealed them to little children. He's calling them little children. He's like, you revealed them to these beautiful children. No one thought much of them, but you revealed it to them. You didn't reveal it to the bigwigs. You revealed it to these simple-minded, these little ones, these 72 that are coming out. They went out and they did it. You revealed it to them. Yes, Father, for this is what you are pleased to do. <laughs> Doesn't that show you a little bit what the Father's heart is? I like doing this. I like letting you partner with me in my heart. I like filling you with my Holy Spirit. I like sending you out and sharing about my name. I like you. I want to reveal these things to you. I want to show you what you're meant for. Bringing the kingdom of heaven on earth, loving me. Loving the Father, loving God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and loving one another. That's what he's called us to do. This is wrapped up here. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father. And guess what the Father said? This is my Son, and I'm well pleased. And even when Peter got it, he's like, no, that was a revelation of the Holy Spirit. You didn't get that on your own. The Father revealed that to you through the Holy Spirit. So no one knows who the Son is except the Father. No one knows who the Father is except the Son. And why do we know who the Father is? Because we look at the Son. The Son, except the Son, to those, and to those whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. The Jesus is revealing the Father. Then He turned to His disciples and said privately, Blessed are 
the eyes that see what you see. But I tell you, for I tell you that many prophets, kings, wanted, they all wanted to see what you see, but they did not see it. And to hear what you hear right now, but did not hear it. You're blessed. You're getting it. Isn't this cool? This is exciting. He is inviting them in to relationship. He's inviting him. Again, when I read this, I say, God, I just I hear him say, I want you to walk in my purpose. Right? Jesus is experiencing joy and rejoicing because they're getting it. They're experiencing the revelation of their purpose in God. Jesus is excited to see them, these, these weak men and women, these weak vessels, partnering with God in Isaiah 61. Like, oh, you get to be with me. You get to, again, it's not about doing, it's about being the son. You know, I, you know right now, like, again, like, imagine Micah, imagine you do stuff, you bring your kids. Well, the one time I helped you with the things, uh, like, we're chiseling off some, I don't know, we're working on paint. It wasn't fun. But I saw your kids helping, they're doing things. And it's not about the doing, it was about them being with their dad, loving their dad. I want to work with my dad. And that's the delight of their hearts. He's like, be that. Be a son in my kingdom. Work from that place. Get that revelation that you're partnering with my heart in Isaiah 61. Delivering. Proclaiming the gospel. They don't always like it first. They, nah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but they like you. Yeah. They don't like the work sometimes. That, but that is the thing. That's always the funny part. Like usually they get tired of the work, but they don't like they don't. But what started them there was I want to be with you. Yeah. That's a challenge. Like I don't know what I'm doing here. Like this is all. Why are we doing this? <laughs> like no, but he's like he reveals the heart of it all, and like you show it, and that's the beauty of the Father. He reveals things. He's like here. Do you see the purpose of why we're doing this here? And then you get to see the work. You get to see the mighty work. But really, Jesus is excited to see them releasing God's kingdom on earth. He's like, I've been longing for this. This is a first fruit. This is exciting. He's, he's excited. So when I read this, and I'm going to finish here, this is where I just, I just came to this ending. I was like, God, I want to join you in your purpose. I want to join in with what you're doing. I want to walk in the purpose of Isaiah 61. You have anointed me. You've given me the Holy Spirit to proclaim good news, to set the captives free, to declare things, to break bondage, to speak life where there's no life, to see things. I get to partner with your heart in Isaiah 61. I want to do that. Because I think a lot of us say, like, I don't know, that's for some people. I was for Jesus. Like, no, that was for all of us. We get to partner with him. He desired. That's why he sent them out. He's like, I want to see, I want you to see that you've been called. And I want to see you win because only I can do it through you. I want to proclaim the gospel, right? I want to see healing. I want to see deliverance. And I want to see the dead raised. I want to see people come, their eyes open and seeing Jesus. I want to walk in the fullness of his spirit. I want to see God's kingdom come here. Here. Not bored, tired, weary. I want to see God's kingdom here that brings life to our bones. And say, God, you're doing this with me? Not someone else, not some minister, not some evangelist. You get called to this. I want to see your kingdom come in and through my life. I want to live in your purpose, what you've called me to be. So this is, I'm just going to have you stand up and pray. This is where our, our, I just want to invite you to pray this, to 
ask the Lord for this. So if you want to stand, if you want to kneel, if you want to pace, wherever you want to be. Father, we long for the fullness. We want to walk in the revelation of the Father's love. We are sons and daughters in the kingdom with a purpose. We have been given the Holy Spirit for a purpose. We are not called to just, just sit here and enjoy you, God, and just enjoy you by ourselves. We have been anointed for a purpose. We have been given the Holy Spirit for a purpose. We are not called to hold this word. That's like trying to damn the ocean with a stick, and that's ridiculous. God's word longs to come out. We've been called to share the gospel. What you've done in our hearts, the revelation of the Father's love. And if you have not experienced that, Father, reveal yourself to them. Show them your love. Show them how you bought them at a price. How you desired them from the beginning. How you chosen them. You say, come to me. I love you. Come to me, all who you are weary. You're tired. Nothing in this world is satisfying you. You're tired. You're weary. Come to me and I'll give you rest. Put your yoke upon you. I'll put my yoke upon you. I'll teach you. I'll walk with you. I will share you. You won't get tired. This won't be your burden. This will be mine. You get to partner with my heart. So Jesus... Fulfill the desire of your heart. Pour out your spirit on all flesh. Open up, Lord, we just ask that you open up our hearts. Receive your Holy Spirit. Show us that we've been called to more than just survival. More than just Bible studies. More than just sitting in a building. You've called us to share the gospel, to proclaim the good news to the captives, to set them captives free, to proclaim liberty to those who have been broken. Father, you've called us to more. And it's not because we want to be in ministry. We want to be in relationship with you. And that is what relationship with you looks like. Walking with you, doing what you do, being led by your Holy Spirit. So, Father, we ask for forgiveness where we've been closed-minded. We've been slow. We've neglected this part of what you've called us to be. Father, we repent where we are walking in ignorance and rebellion. Where we're walking without faith. Where we're, man, Lord, we were just like, I don't know, God, we don't trust you. The wind and the waves look pretty big. They're scary. What if someone says something bad to me? Father, we rebuke these lies because all they are is lies. The wind and the waves only obey who? You. Jesus, if you invite us out to the water, we're going to step out. And we're going to keep our eyes fixed on you. So Jesus, invite us out to talk to our neighbors, to share the gospel. Not in our weak way. Not in our tired way. Through the revelation of the Father's love. Through the boldness of the Holy Spirit. Not in a weak way, 
in a bold, full of love, confident in what you're going to do. So we can say things and you'll do things. So we say, be healed, and they'll be healed. We pray for healing and deliverance, and there's deliverance. Father, we have to stop walking like we're weak, like we have nothing in us. Just like you're reminding me, who is in you? Do you know who is in you? Lord, remind us of the Holy Spirit that resides in us. The same Holy Spirit that resided in you. So Jesus, we love you. We thank you for showing us the way of the Holy Spirit, the way of life and obedience in the Holy Spirit. And Father, we just say yes to you, to your final command. Go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Love the Lord your God. Love one another. These are the things you called us to do. So Father, we say yes, yes to your way. In Jesus' name, amen.